Wide Web has long been host to copied and pasted stories of an apocryphal nature. These stories came to be known as Copybusta, and then the creepy variant emerged. Welcome to Creepypodsta, the Creepypasta podcast. Hello, welcome. I'm Jeff, and this is the podcast that you're listening to. You know all about it. We're going to talk about a story on this one. Um, it's from the No Sleep Board. Wow, I guess I'm just getting right into it, huh? It's by <laughs> user KM Cooney. Um, won this uh, some kind of September 2017 trophy. The flare on the post does not give any indication as to what that trophy could be. Is it for best story? Scariest it story? It is. Worst it's story? For, it's for best. There's like, I think, three stories and then a bunch of runners up. And I uh, see. This one was the the top story for the month. Um, and if you have the checkbox uh, on No Sleep labeled "Trigger Warnings Enabled" um, checked, then it, before the title of the story, you will see um, you will see a tag that says "Child Abuse." Um, although. No, I clicked on that check mark to see if that would go away if I unchecked it, and it led me back to the main board. Um, at instead of www.reddit.com, it was tw.reddit.com. So maybe I don't, yeah, I don't have those enabled. Uh, regardless, it seems it has the flair for me. Child abuse in front of the title. Um, the title, of course, is I caught my grandfather talking to an air vent, uh, and I have two people with it to discuss me. To discuss me. Nope. I have two people with me to discuss it. I switched me and it there again. <laughs> yeah, See, we this... can discuss you. <laughs> Wait, it? That's fine. I, no, I didn't want. I didn't read it. Yeah, it's too long. Four hundred forty-four thousand words. Uh, I highly recommend seeing that movie. It's uh, it's like if Stranger Things was good. Ooh, sick burn on Stranger Things. Uh, no, but seriously, they set the movie It in the 80s so that the sequel can be modern day, and um, I understand all the comparisons to Stranger Things, because it does a lot of that same stuff, uh, except it's less corny, because you're not making a bunch of 11-year-olds who only play Minecraft yell about Dungeons and Dragons as if they care about it. Uh, anyway, that's I enjoy the show Stranger Things, but also there's a lot of things about it that bother me, like when people say it's good, because uh, like I enjoy it, but it's not good. Oh, uh, I, know, I think it's great. Yeah, I'm a neutral party, but I know Jed really enjoys it. I do. I like it. I um, I think I've watched four or five episodes of this season. I'm actually impressed that the kid who plays Will is a good actor, since he vanishes. And the like the first episode yes. of the first season is called The Disappearance of Will Byers. So like they didn't have to cast an actor for that role, but they did. <laughs> yeah, I was actually surprised he's he's got he's got chops. Yeah. Um anyway, this isn't the Stranger Things podcast. Please welcome to the show Judd Matarang. Hello. And Louisa Heron. Hello. Now, Judd did not pick this off the suggestions list, but instead browsed the best of no sleep to find this story for us. It's a recent hit. We've done recent hits in the past. Um, <laughs> this might be the most recent. We're recording this on November 1st, and this was uh, submitted on September 19th. Um, 
winning that September award. So this is uh, only like a month and a half old. Judd, why don't you walk us through this story um, about catching grandfather talking to an air vent? Yes. So the title is I Caught My Grandfather Grandfather Talking to an Air Vent, which reads very much like a BuzzFeed article. You'll never guess what he found in there. Um, yeah. Oh, it bothers me. That um, like, if that's got to be against like, there is a rule that says don't do clickbait titles, and this person did not follow it. You'll never guess who spoke back from the other side. Um, there are so many stories from just a few years ago on this board. That's like, I took a walk home alone late at night. You'll never guess what I saw on the bus. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then that person went on to get a very successful career with BuzzFeed. So, um, so yes, uh, the story is told from the point of view of a young woman, uh, fifteen years old. Uh, doesn't really get along with her grandfather and never has. Um, he would not pay attention to her and would pretty much ignore her. And so when her mom went off on her honeymoon with her new husband and left her daughter in the care of uh, the grandfather, they, she thought that they would get along really well. Um, but they don't, at least not in the beginning. Um, and then one day she catches him, uh, she sees him through the door of his room and he is holding a glass of scotch and talking to an air vent. And she just like, I guess, kicks the door down and is like, who are you talking to, grandpa? And then uh, grandpa's like, well, let me tell you a story. And then it goes into a big flashback about what it was like when the grandfather was a kid. Yeah, he and, tells her a story uh, all about how his life got flipped, turned upside down, um, <laughs> when it when it turned out his uh, dad was a child rapist. Yeah, he's... I, I mean, wait, what? This is <laughs> this is an adul- this is an a delightful tale of uh, fish out of water living among rich people in Bel Air, California. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, yeah. Uh, his uh, the, her grandfather. Um, uh, was the son of a preacher and uh, he was like well-liked and uh, the family was well-liked but every once in a while uh, the kid would hear weird sounds uh, coming from the air vent. It would you know, be like a thud here and there or like um, footsteps or something like that. Um, and then uh, one day they heard a voice coming from inside and it said hello and uh so the girls i mean the the grandfather starts having a conversation with uh the voice and turns out it's someone named polly uh and they have the same father so i so then he finds out that polly is actually his sister uh who has been kept in the attic for her whole life and she doesn't have a very good grasp of english because i suppose no one ever taught her how to speak um um, the then, grandfather, even even as a child, seems to notice that she's in some way developmentally disabled. Yeah. Um, I guess then, just from her manner of speech. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, she says something about her brain not being very good. Yes. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, and then so the next day after they talked, he, run, he runs downstairs and over breakfast, he's like, can't wait to talk to my sister. And his dad's like, say what now? And... Uh, <laughs> He's like, yeah, my sister, you know, the one that's upstairs. And then the dad goes apeshit 
um, gets pissed off at the kid. Uh, and then the, when the, when the grandfather as a kid goes to the air vent and is like, uh, I accidentally told him about you. She's like, Oh, now you're going to get me killed. Um, and then there is, uh, he, he starts to hear, um, beating. And then I, I assume they implied that there is rape involved as well. Um, and then, uh, they, they keep having, uh, conversations over time. And then, um, one day the dad finds out that they've been talking and, uh, when he goes to talk to Polly, uh, in the air vent, the only voice that he hears back is from his dad. And then, uh, the next day, uh, the dad, well, I guess that same night, the dad starts digging a hole in the backyard. And then in the morning, there's a big mound of dirt on top of it. And, uh, he buried his child that he murdered. Um, and the mom is like totally complicit and just keeps knitting and doesn't say anything. Um, oh, also he's a priest or whatever, uh, Protestants call priests. Yeah. He's uh, a past- yeah. pastor, preacher. Reverend? Yeah. yeah. Um, and so, yeah, then it, it goes back to the present and the grandfather's like, that's who I was talking to is Polly and that's who you're named after. And uh, the little girl says, uh, Polly would have made a fine princess. And then the story ends. Yeah, because they uh, used to play pretend like kingdoms. Oh, yes. I forgot to mention that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, and then the top comment, um, which I think genuinely adds something to the story because I did not get this, uh, until I read the comment because I'm a big dummy. The top comment from Happy Fun Ball says, it took me a minute to realize why your grandfather ignored you. He was trying to save his Polly, but not by not speaking to her, you, because acknowledging her got her killed. Hmm. Um, yeah. So that is a that's a clever aspect to the story um, that is weirdly out of place on this board because it is just <laughs> a story about um, child child abuse and um, most likely child sex abuse. It does that sort of like TV movie cutaway thing where it's like mm-hmm. uh, the dad's removing his belt and we're going to like fade to black and you don't know whether it was like for a sex thing or to beat the child type of like shot because they don't like they want the plausible deniability of like, oh, I didn't write a story about that. It was just beating. Um, yeah. And it's like but in this one, he literally is like get naked. Yeah, yeah. that's true. <laughs> But I, I think the plausible deniability for the author is uh, still there a little bit. Not as much. Um, it's definitely a story that uh, depicts too much, I think, of the child abuse, but also, yeah. like, it doesn't depict the right parts of the child abuse to be an effective horror story instead of just a sad story <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah um, when i when i was picking the story actually i had only read like like a, the first third of it and so it didn't even really get into it and i was like this seems like it's gonna go somewhere and it's written pretty well so it'll probably be fine 
Um, and then you guys read it before me and then you were telling me about it and then I read it and I was like, oh, there's actually nothing scary about it really at all. I mean, it's it's definitely it's definitely better written than a lot of other creepypastas. Um, it was, aside from a few really weird uh, word choices, like um, like after the kid thinks he got away with um, lying to his dad about talking to Polly and then he goes, Ooh, I, I, I nearly shit myself in relief as if that's a thing that people say <laughs> as if that's like a common phrase. I didn't even catch that. Yeah. yeah. That's not a thing that people no, it's, say. It's, yeah. Yeah, it's like, Ooh, I almost shit myself. I was, I'm so relieved. Like that's no, you, the relief comes after the shit, but that's a whole different thing. Um, I almost hung myself out of, out of, just the relief of tension. I like. Come on, no. It's you do that from. You, these are things. These are like. Come on. It's a surprise. It's like oh, I almost crapped my pants because I was so shocked, not because I was so relieved. Um. Now, Louisa, you were a little confused uh, about the comments on the board. Um, I was, yeah, because being were- unaware of the rules of no sleep fully at the time of reading. Yes. Yeah. Because I thought, this story lays it on pretty thick. Like, it's, uh... For the horror of the story, like, I... Like you kind of mentioned, I think there's too much touched upon to be like, and this was rape. Like, that was unnecessary for the story. So I was like, this seems too extra dramatic to be true, but then everyone was reacting as if it was true, and I was like, I don't understand how this board works. <laughs> but now I know that <laughs> they were playing along. <laughs> yeah. Um, so how did the story, uh, did you like it, or was it just uh, confusing why this is on the horror story board? Yeah, I think it was a bit confusing for that, and it was well-written uh, language-wise, but plot-wise, I don't think it was very well-written, to me, anyway. Mm. So, that was my takeaway. Yeah, I kind it, of It almost agree. seems like the, the middle of the story was what was written first, and then the other, like, the, the other parts before and, and after were, like, you know, buns to the sandwich that were, like, added later on. It almost, mm-hmm. it, it's almost like they just... They just wanted to get to that line at the end, you know, or the the reveal at the end that her name is Polly also and that uh, they were, you know, she was named after the the sister that was killed. I think that the person wrote the title first and used that as a a writing prompt um, (laughs) because the title is extremely mismatched. Um, Yeah. I don't think that there's any indication in the story that the grandfather is, like, leaning down to- He's just, like, sitting on his bed saying, I miss you. That's not, I caught my grandfather talking to an air vent. (laughs) I don't even think the character mentions the air vent. Yeah. It's just, like, based on the title, I thought this was gonna be some crazy, like, M. Night Shyamalan's The Visit about, like, haunted grandparents or something. But it- it's not. It's just, like- I call my grandfather talking to the air vent because he was sad about his abused, murdered sister. Yeah, and he's not even, like, a disturbingly unbalanced. He doesn't still think she's up there or anything. Like, he seems to be pretty in touch with reality, so yeah. there's no yep. extra terror that at, way. At first, I thought that the air vent that he was talking to was, like, 
on the ceiling, right? You know how some air vents are up on the ceiling. So I thought he was just mm-hmm. like, you know, like looking upwards and like talking into the vent. But then you find out, I guess, that it's close to the floor. So I don't, I don't know. Was the grandpa like just sitting on his bed, right? Talking yeah, I think that's what it says in the story, talking right? Down to the vent on the floor. Yeah. Um. It. Ju- let's see. It's kind of um, weird, though. You don't. You don't think that he would have been able to let that go like I don't know like 50 years later he still talks to her like every day like how long did he know her for like three months a week at most yeah like I I don't even know how long how long they were supposed to have known each other but it doesn't seem like that is something that would I would be so hung up on it that I'd be talking to her every day like (laughs) you know at at night it seems like the type of thing that as an eight-year-old, uh, you'd spend a week talking to this um, child in the air vents, and then as an adult, you'd be like, I had an imaginary friend. <laughs> yeah. Yes. It, at no, like, there's nothing about this story that indicates that he should remember it this strongly and with this much vivid detail as a very old man. Mm-hmm. Um, but he does. Um And, like, there's no... The story doesn't present this as something that might be untrue. So it's, like, it's very strange how how strong his memory is, but the story is unaware of this. (laughs) Um, It does say, uh, My grandfather was sitting in his armchair, a glass of scotch in his hand, and his eyes puffy from tears. His gaze was trained toward the air vent next to his bed. But, like... If his eyes are puffy from tears, how can you tell that closely where, like, he's looking near the corner. Why (laughs) why does it just say that? (laughs) It's just, I don't know. It seems there's a lot of stretching going on to make this story work with its very thin premise. Um, And I ultimately don't think it does, uh, unfortunately. Despite being, uh, like, the prose is fine. I just think that the plotting and structure, uh, the author needed to, like, make some compromises that they were unwilling to make in order to make certain elements fit together with other elements. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Go ahead. It was strange to me. Like what you're just saying, where he says that I miss you, and he's crying. He's actually crying. It's strange to me that it was this sister he barely knew, when I thought immediately, oh, this must be his wife who's died. Yeah. But apparently, she was not that important, because she's never mentioned. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's... it's Like, I get that childhood trauma is something that would haunt a person, but I think to make that effective in this story, it should have been a sister he knew about that then got, like, moved to the torture attic. Or he kept this the this attic sister secret for, like, years and years before she died. Mm-hmm. Or he's, like, a little older, maybe like a young teenager when it happens. And so he feels guilt that he couldn't do anything to help, even though he was like mentally and physically able to, but Mm -hmm. like he's eight and it's, it seems like just a couple days. It's, this is definitely the type of thing. He doesn't even actually physically meet her either. So it's not like he had Mm -hmm. a face to put to the, to the voice. Like, it's a horrible thing that happened, and if there was some indication in the story that a real person in the actual world would ever remember this, I, I would 
be totally uh, on the side of the story, but it's like it's the sort of thing where this would be a repressed memory. He wouldn't know about this having happened. Yeah. And it's crazy to think that his father, who uh, abused his sister so terribly and killed her, uh, then just completely let all that go <laughs> once she was dead, because yep. there's no talk about any other ramifications from this. There's no indication nope. that he that he was abused in retaliation, mm-hmm. um, though the mother seems to be at least uh, partly a sufferer of abuse. She uh, at yeah. the very least knows about the sister and uh, is keeping the secret, despite the pain you can see in her face when... Um, when he talks about it to her but like it's what i don't know it's there's too much focus on the horror of the dad abusing the sister and not enough focus on the way in which memory functions and the way in which trauma Mm -hmm. functions and like why this would actually still be upsetting to a very old man instead like instead it just yeah like judd said it almost like it almost seems like the flashback portion was written separately and the framing segment was was chopped in um it's yeah it it seems like this guy is almost living his life you know his life his life revolves around this ritual of like talking to nobody uh that he's even doing it like 50 60 years after the event happened within the span of like a week like i I understand trauma but i think that's it's a little bit of a stretch to think that he hasn't let it go in 50 you know like he got married he had a kid (laughs) he his kid had a kid he's got a granddaughter and he's like still not a not okay with it like the the wife hasn't like tried to help it. he hasn't gone to see a therapist in like 50 years like he and he's yeah, like, in the same house right and he's, <laughs> that would drive me crazy at the very least <laughs> at the very least dude move into the master bedroom why do you have yeah. to keep your like your child your, your room that you had when you were a child like yeah, it's there's a lot of weird connective tissue. Um yeah. for being someone who will be so candid with his granddaughter despite it apparently being the first conversation they've ever had in her entire <laughs> life. It mm-hmm. seems like he's so clear about this story that it seems like he has dealt with how upsetting it is, but the way the story is presented, he hasn't because he's a man who is clearly of retirement age and still lives in the house he grew up in, like you said, in the bedroom he grew up in, like <laughs> you said, and like I don't know. It seems like what he would do. Like, here's a way to fix it. Um, it's the anniversary of her death. He tells the story, and at the end, he is like. I I'm sorry for having mistreated you. Like I've dealt with the way my father was uh, an abusive murderer, but I guess I it sort of comes up uh, every <laughs> once in a while. Instead of just like ah, finally got that out of me after <laughs> like after six decades of keeping this foul secret. Now that I've told it to you, my granddaughter, who I do not know, it is everything will be okay. Yeah, it's, he's an. <laughs> He's an NPC, and you needed to ask him the exact right question <laughs> exactly. to get his story. <laughs> and the, you give and him, you give him the item, uh, like carved toy, and then he's like, "Ah, oh, this reminds me of my sister." Here's one hundred gil, and you leave. <laughs> 
there's no. there's the implication <laughs> I, here that like every it's a happily ever after story, but um, I, I like to think that you know she says Polly would have made a fine princess, and then the grandpa's like, yes, she would have, and then he takes a sip of the scotch, and then they're just like. I'm I'm gonna well, go back I'm, downstairs now. I'm I'm, I'm gonna watch TV or something. He'd just be like, "Yeah, yeah, you do that," and then, and then I, they just I don't have, talk. I have anymore. some Minecraft <laughs> yeah. to build. You can go back to ignoring me. <laughs> uh, so you know, we'll, do know. we'll do this again in like a, twenty years if you're still alive, Grandpa. Cool. I feel bad making fun of this story because of the yeah. dark subject matter, but because it was handled so clumsily, it's like, nah, I have to make fun of it. Yeah, that's a bit of a problem. The fact that that was put in there to be like, no, you have to take it seriously because there's child rape. So then it makes it like, you, well, you can't criticize it because of the child rape. It's like, but that was just put in there to be super dramatic, to be like the most dramatic. Yeah, it's like, ah, oh, here's how you know that it's evil. Mm-hmm. Like, all right. Like, come on. You could have a character be evil without, like, yeah. I don't know, clumsily handling a serious subject. Whatever. Uh, do do we have spookiest parts, since we've already established this is not a horror <laughs> story in even structure, let alone content? Um, you, I, I thought that the only part that would be remotely scary was in the beginning when he first meets her and you don't know if she's maybe she's just a figment of his imagination maybe she's a ghost maybe she's like a mutant deformed you know <laughs> like golem like living in the in the attic that um he's never met or maybe you know it could have been any number of weird supernatural things um and then that is immediately broken you know when you find out that it's just a real kid who's getting beaten up so yeah Yeah, it's it's like uh the mystery of the sister would have been a little like better except the grandfather clearly is like very cogent at the end because new polly is like what was the deal and he's like i think she had down syndrome and our grandfather beat her because uh, like your my father beat her because of uh his religious beliefs it's like okay so like (laughs) You have you processed too much. this, yeah. <laughs> like it, the fact that he's like so extremely broken up about it, but also has thought about it a lot enough to explain it to uh, basically a stranger. I don't know. It it just didn't work. Uh, anyway, the scariest part for me is uh, just the grandfather's father. Uh, I think that there's something especially insidious about an evil priest, and I know that that's not exactly a rare thing, but um, it's just like, especially whatever religions allow priests to like get married and have families, if that type of priest is still evil, even though he's allowed to be horny, it's like... <laughs> That that's almost like an extra level because there's <laughs> there's there's no there's nothing in the rules that says he has to be a creep. I mean I, that's a bad way to say it, but it's like nothing about his, the structure of his life has been abusive. Mm-hmm. He's just like a person who has chosen to be evil. Like I'm not making excuses of course for creepy catholic priests. I am just saying that there is a structure in their life where they um 
are forced into a an emotionally abusive situation uh, of guilt by their religion, and people who are abused in that way tend to develop, uh, if they don't deal with them properly, abusive tendencies towards others. That's all I'm saying, uh, which is why the Protestant priest uh, being abusive towards his family is more evil to me, because there isn't that, like, there. there's still, like, a little bit of religious creepy guilt stuff, but it's like, he can have a family. He mm-hmm. can, like, feel sexual attraction towards people, and there's no guilt thrust upon him for these things, and yet he's still this evil monster. I don't know, that was striking to me. Well, if we really want to know, we gotta go even deeper to a different flashback to find out why the grandpa's dad was (laughs) such a dick. And then we'll find out that it actually was the grandpa's dad's dad that was a dick to his grandpa's dad, and then... Yeah. yeah, Grandpa's dad suffered a, a head injury. He got hit in the hit, hit in the head with a swing when he was a kid, and that's why he's evil. Just like um, John Wayne Gacy and Richard Ramirez. <laughs> uh, I think it was Richard Ramirez. It was John Wayne Gacy and another famous serial killer. Both had the same childhood head trauma. Like they both got Weird. hit in the head with a wooden swing and knocked out. Anyway, huh. that's your fun serial killer fact, Louisa. Did you have a spookiest part? <laughs> Uh, not really that was real, but I think there's a great horror story within this story, which is you have just got remarried, you have a wonderful honeymoon, and when you get back, your daughter tells you a story about how you grew up in a house where you never knew that your father had a sister who is still buried in your backyard, and your grandfather was super abusive, and you never knew any of this. (laughs) Yeah, there is, like, a weird extra, like, are they gonna tell the mom? <laughs> yeah, I, like, I, I couldn't stop thinking about that body still being in the yard. What, like, one week after after the Papa Preacher dies, call the police. Like, have them exhume the skeleton and, like, come on. Uh, yeah. Like, and thinking about the grandfather when he, when I guess when his parents died, when he became the owner of this house, that's his attic now. Did he ever go up there? <laughs> yeah. Or like the grandfather presumably like, I don't know, maybe he didn't go away to college. He still lives in this house. And did he like work in the town living with his parents the whole time? <laughs> yeah. What happened when he got married? Were they already dead? <laughs> yeah. uh, there's so many holes in this story. <laughs> Um, he but could like, have very easily just been like, uh, pick up the phone, 911, what was your emergency? My dad just murdered somebody and then very lazily dug a grave in the backyard where there is a very visible mound because it just snowed yesterday, but there's a big dirt mound there. And if you look, you will find a body and then that would have been it. Yeah. Especially if you saw because that in your he'd... neighbor's yard, you'd be super suspicious, wouldn't you? Right? Yeah. Why did the neighbors? <laughs> maybe the neighbors. It's like you know for sure that this dude is going to be out of the house for two hours every Sunday. <laughs> yep. Like there's a window where he cannot come home to catch you calling nine one one, or like for the neighbors where like he absolutely is not going to like be around for the police to dig up the back. Like mm-hmm. I don't know. That's another hole in the story of many. <laughs> Yeah. Um, do, do we have any final thoughts before moving on to plugs? 
Nope. Okay. Oh, what did you say? All I heard was the word yeah, plugs. Yeah, I didn't hear anything either. <laughs> oh, I said, do we have any final thoughts before moving on to plugs? Um, <laughs> not really, unfortunately. Yeah, see? No. Um, I, um, I guess I didn't really talk about the what I thought of the story as a story. I mean, I think I think it was um, it was easy to read, um, which is which is good because they, they, the same cannot be said of a lot of them, especially like the one that we did the last time um, was so yeah. long and was like a real chore to read. So it it wasn't it wasn't um, a, a bad read, and the you know I I I thought it was like it was just fine, right? There wasn't anything like really spectacular about it, but I thought it was like well written and i guess compared to a lot of the other stories on no sleep there is a reason why it's the the best one from that month um because mm-hmm. a lot of no sleep stories are very very bad um <laughs> i think that people who um read and vote on no sleep have extremely bad taste <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh anyway uh, any any final thoughts nothing louisa um, just that uh, I think the writer could be a good writer, but I th- maybe this is getting too meta, <laughs> criticizing the source's writing, but I think that there were too many ch- trite choices in the story. Like, just, well, what's the worst <laughs> that could happen? Well, I'll just do that. Like, what's the first thing I can think of that's terrible? That's going to be the main plot point. Mm, so, yeah. yeah, there wasn't a lot of nuance. Yeah, it's got that sort of, um, like... I'm going to compare and contrast two very famous uh, thriller authors, uh, Thomas Harris, who wrote the Hannibal Lecter novels, and then uh, Stephen King, who's written many, many books. Um, A Thomas Harris novel will make the serial killer not just the serial killer, but also a sexual deviant, so you know he's (laughs) extra evil. Like, um, (laughs) Buffalo Bill, of course... um, is like the most transphobic character in the history of fiction um mm. like but like it's bad enough that he's skinning women like you didn't have to add that extra thing um or uh the uh the tooth fairy the killer from red dragon francis dollarhide he um like they go into his backstory and it's like ah oh, he had uh, he was abused as a kid and like uh sometimes has gay thoughts uh it's like mm. like you didn't need to I get that it was the 80s and everybody hated gay people, but like you didn't need to add this extra completely ethically neutral thing to indicate to your like audience that this person was evil. Uh, yeah. And also, or like you didn't need to add this extra creepy sexual element to make the person's crimes extra bad. Uh, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas Stephen King uses things like uh, child sex abuse um, in the novel It um, to make commentaries about the ways in which society ignores and reinforces evil. Um, because <laughs> that novel is about a town being haunted by this ancient evil and all the adults ignoring it. And that ancient evil is like killing kids and stealing children and the adults are ignoring it. And then one of the children is being sexually abused by her father and the adults are ignoring it just the same. And it's like, Mm -hmm. it's an effective use of a serious subject in a story instead of in this story where it's just like, hey, um, 
you want to know that this dad's evil? He didn't just kill the daughter. He made her take her clothes off first. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It didn't have a lot of, uh, like, the best emotional connections are when the author really puts something of themselves in the work, and this felt like they were just writing and they weren't really putting their own emotions into it. Yeah, yeah, it almost had that, like, Eli Roth-style torture porn thing, like, I've never suffered any trauma in my life, so I'm mm-hmm. just gonna, I'm just gonna cut these characters up on camera to spook you out. Yeah. Um, what if, what if he was just making her take her clothes off so that her AC would go down, so that when he hit her, it would, it would maybe hurt more, <laughs> or, or, like... Everyone knows that basic cloth clothes don't increase your <laughs> armor class, Judd. You don't know what she read, was wearing. Read a player's handbook, goddammit. Uh, yeah, it's... I don't know. It's weird to talk about stories that have, like, solid prose but are bad. Uh, like Pancake mm-hmm. Family from a couple episodes ago is a story with the dumbest, goofiest, baddest premise, but it's structured like law and order tight. <laughs> it's so compelling <laughs> to read the story, and then the twist at the end is like the bad guy smushed the family up and stacked them like a pile of pancakes <laughs> because he was a breakfast because he's a breakfast themed serial killer. <laughs> That's pretty funny. It is, it's extremely goofy. Like that movie, The Snowman, that just came out and apparently is very bad, with the serial killer who draws snowmans on things and addresses the cops as Mr. Police. (laughs) (laughs) And that's before you even know that Michael Fassbender's character is named Harry Hole. Was this movie Wait, made on a dare? Wasn't this movie already <laughs> made like in the it. 90s and called Jack Frost with Michael Keaton? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> there were two Jack Frost movies. <laughs> the happy one was in Michael Keaton, right? And it was yeah, the, the one killer was one was. One. I don't think there's anything supernatural in the snowman. I think they just call him the snowman killer because he chops people's heads off and replaces them with a snowman head. <laughs> Wait, what if they you melt know, before wait, the police get Shouldn't there? it be the other way around because the snowman head is gonna <laughs> melt pretty quick? No. If but you-, you see, guys, he gave them all the clues and they could have saved her. <laughs> oh, man. I don't want to oh, see man. this movie, but I do want to hear you describe all of it. I, yeah, can you just- I really- I didn't see it, but I really wanted to until it got a 13% on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> Because, one, the trailer looks good. Two, the poster is kind of creepy. It's like a child's drawing of a snowman, and it says, Mr. Police, you could have saved her. I gave you all the clues. And then at the bottom it says, the snowman. I was like, okay, that's either going to be, like, goofy in a fun way, or, like, serious and creepy. Apparently it's neither, and it's just boring. All you have to do Uh, is take off his hat, and then he just turns into a regular snowman. It's that easy. Yeah, it's fine. You just have to be a a Waluigi magician who really wants your hat back. Uh, But he'll be back on Christmas Day for the sequel. Mm, Not if you shove him in that greenhouse and lock him there with his best friend. Frosty the the Snowman, that's a grim children's movie, huh? (laughs) Huh. Beautiful animation, though. Is that Don Bluth? I don't think that's Don Bluth. Someone with a very distinct... Yeah, it must be a Rankin Bass, but it's animated instead of, like, stop motion. Yeah, they did both, and it's very strange. Huh. 
Anyway, that's all. That's this episode. We extended it by almost another ten minutes just talking about other stuff. Here are final <laughs> thoughts. Uh, Louisa, tell the people where they can find you to talk to you online or read things you've made. <laughs> oh yeah, that, thank you for the prompt. Uh, so we talked about it a little bit on the episode that we that probably came out the week before that I was more the focus of. I'm getting off track. Uh, <laughs> at weaponizedlanguage.com you can see my food blog which is called Burnt Crunchy Bits and I make things from fiction I make dishes that are described in books or TV or movies so and that's they fun look very very good oh, do, you just, you. do you just eat them afterwards or do you share them with people or <laughs> do you send them to Jeff <laughs> usually I eat them and share them so yeah, yeah, I have no idea what Louisa does with all these treats she makes, because as far as I know, she does not socialize and lives by herself <laughs> in a cave in the woods, uh, in a in a grass hut with big chicken legs. She, yeah, that's right. <laughs> she sounds like the premise for another creepypasta. Uh, yes, it's called The Legend of the Baba Yaga. It's a Russian folktale, Jen. I read a goddamn book once in a while. Started thinking of and saying the thing that I was saying until you said it had chicken legs, and I was like, "Fuck, I know what that is <laughs> oh, no. already, but it's too late." I already started the sentence, and goddamn it, I'm gonna finish it. <laughs> you could have failed at any time. <laughs> yes, I keep children in wicker cages to fatten them up and turn them into pies. Cool, but then they shove you in the oven. Oh no! Then, then, it, then it turns out you weren't the real grandparent after all, and I shuffle on twist for the visit. Spoiled. <laughs> The grandparents aren't haunted. They're just crazy people pretending to be those kids' grandparents. Anyway. Well, that's a pretty uh, good twist. I'm sure it's a bad yeah. movie, but... Oh, <laughs> yeah. I, I'm saving you from watching the movie. It has a really good <laughs> twist, but one of the things that is supposed to be scary is the grandfather mushes a poopy diaper in the uh, main character's face. <laughs> well, I mean, if that happened to me, I would probably be pretty traumatized. Well, that's not how you make horror. You don't be like, uh, here's a list of things that would be upsetting if they happened to the audience. No, I like I like something that Elliot Kalin once said on the podcast The Flophouse, that he sometimes appreciates in a horror movie when you look at it and you think, well, I'm not scared watching it, but if that was me in that situation, <laughs> I'd be pretty scared. Uh, sometimes yeah. that's good enough. <laughs> yeah, that is, um, I don't know, that's like where I have to derive a lot of the horror for the things that we read on this show. <laughs> yeah, if you were if you were on that roller coaster, ooh. Oh wait, no! <laughs> Sorry, that's the wrong episode. No, people probably listened to it. <laughs> Alright. Um, anyway, uh, Judd, did you tell people where they can find you online? I don't remember. No, no, you can you. find me on Twitter at, at Cephalic Okay. I'm on Instagram uh, at JeffJK. I believe that you can just go to Instagram.com slash JeffJK and you can look at pictures of my cat or books that I'm reading. <laughs> right now I'm reading Star Wars from a certain point of view, which is 40 short stories retelling the movie Star Wars. Uh, released for its 40th anniversary, of course. Uh, and each story is from the point of view of a different background character in the movie Star Wars. Um, I've read four of the 40 stories so far. The first one is from the point of view of Captain Antilles, who you may remember as the guy that Darth Vader totally chokes out in like the first 90 seconds of Star Wars. Um, 
it nicely bridges the gap between like the very end of Rogue One and the beginning of A New Hope. Um, the second story is from the stormtrooper who stuns Princess Leia in the next scene. Um, <coughs> the third story is from the point of view of this is where it gets interesting. The logistics officer in the Empire talking to the guy who ordered them not to fire on the escape pod with C-3PO and R2-D2. <laughs> He's like, what paperwork should I file to make it seem like I didn't do that thing, even though that escape pod probably had the data we were looking for on it and she's like okay take these like non nine data pads and fill them out how i'm telling you and you can avoid getting in trouble <laughs> um and then the fourth story written by podcaster griffin mcelroy is uh from the point of view of a jawa on tatooine who is in charge of erasing r2d2's memory banks before he is to be resold um but his hobby is to watch the um, memory banks of all the droids he has to erase, and he's so moved and heartbroken by <laughs> R2-D2's story, which is clearly still in progress, that he does not erase it. Um, oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's a very nice story, because it actually makes you almost care about the events of the Star Wars prequel trilogy, <laughs> because you're seeing them filtered through two characters that are likable. Uh, I was gonna say, this uh, seems like the perfect book for you, someone who's very familiar with Star Wars, because I've seen it once, so if I tried to be like, and this person is who? The Stormtrooper yeah. who did what? I wouldn't remember. <laughs> Yep. Uh, it is very good for me because one of, like, I had two VHS tapes that I would watch all the time as a child. One contained Star Wars and The Empire Strikes Back. The other contained Return of the Jedi and The Last Starfighter. And I've never seen The Last Starfighter because I would just watch that <laughs> Star Wars trilogy over and over and over. Um, oh, I thought you were going to say, like, the, it, it, the first two had the first, I mean, the first one had the first two movies and then the second one had the third movie and then the Christmas special. <laughs> No, I don't oh, think I've actually. Special. I haven't seen the entire Christmas special. I just see like clips online every year because it's bad. It's it so is. bad. I saw it with uh, the Riff Tracks guys, and they couldn't make it good. I love them, but <laughs> it was still just unbearably bad. It's two <sighs> hours long. It's a piece of press tour that a bunch of inexperienced actors are being forced to do in character live on television. <laughs> <laughs> There's a bunch uh, of yeah. music breaks for, like, a music video, essentially. Oh, B. So Arthur strange. is in it. Chewie's dad watches <laughs> VR porno. I don't yep. know. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, you... Oh, gosh. I got, derailed in the middle of, I got derailed in the middle of my own plugs, and I was about to dive back into the Patreon plug, and I'm like, I just spent five minutes talking about Star Wars. <laughs> oh, God. The creepiest pasta of all is etc etc joke 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 um you can go to patreon.com slash jfjk and if you give me a uh measly one dollar a month you'll get two bonus podcasts uh i read a short urban legend uh style for halloween this year and then also um a longer SCP that we've recently covered. I did a fun production trick with that one. I added tape sounds to the beginning and end and sort of a tape scratch throughout and uh, sort of compressed my voice a little bit because I've decided that my style for reading SCPs will be doing them as if I am a scientist recording notes on experiments um, that I've taken, like as if I work for the Foundation and I'm making audio logs out of our written mm. logs. Um mm -hmm. 
Uh, that's fun. Uh, if you don't know what SCP is, it's a wiki of Creative Commons uh, creepypastas, and the form instead of written stories is articles from a big science lab that keeps um, n- various numinous objects of um, different types of power there, uh, like a statue that can kill you, but not if you're looking at it, or a disc that lets you like go to other dimensions. It's really cool and weird, and I recommend it. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was one of the stories I read. Um, it was about a haunted... Um, not a haunted videotape, but a haunted show. Um, it uh, The nature of the show is that it shows up um, like on whatever the current most popular media is so like occasionally will show up on someone's netflix or in a red box um but like it used to be on dvds and at blockbuster uh anyway that that was a fun one to record i liked it i'm probably going to do a bunch more of those because i for sure have the license to do scp (laughs) stories because the entire wiki has like a license page that says what you can and can't (laughs) do with their stories and you can in fact record readings of them for money if you want um yeah anyway Uh, If you want to pay $10 a month, I've been sending people, because $10 seems a little high for the postcard reward, I've been, and I didn't want to, like, lower it to 5 even though I should. I've been including extra stuff. I put a Steam code in there for a spooky game. Um, I included this last month uh, digital codes for uh, Unknowing, which is a horror collection that I curated and contributed to a few years ago. Um, So that'll be, that's $10 a month. Uh... $15 gets you a big packet of comic books um, from my massive comic book collection because I want to get rid of it. Uh, I will select a full story for you and send it to you. Um, That's usually going to be six issues, but I think one time there was like two arcs that were four issues, so I just sent the person all eight, and now it's fine. I just want to get rid of these goddamn comic books. Um... (laughs) You can go there. Any support level is good. It was like, if everyone who was listening gave $1 per month, then I could afford to do this podcast as my full-time job. So please do that, because I don't have a full-time job. I don't have any job. Please help. Um, <laughs> uh, weaponizedlanguage.com um, to listen to other episodes of this show or to seeing Reddit if you want to hear more of me and of Louisa. Um, you can go to Facebook and search for Creepypodsta fan group and join in the discussion there. Um, otherwise, we don't really have anything to say, and I almost don't want to use a line from this story, so I'm not going to. Goodbye. <laughs> could have very easily used the line about <laughs> shitting yourself out of relief you know yeah <laughs> uh, i always just scroll to the end because usually the end line of a story is like perfect to to sting the podcast with but mm-hmm. i didn't
You didn't want to say you'd make a very good princess? <laughs> yeah, uh, it felt tasteless. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>